Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, Sir, we do not identify by weight. (laughs) That is prejudicial. (laughs) You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Survivor Series edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. And here, my sole surviving tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, along with myself, Ooh. the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. I like that you admit that I'm going to be the sole survivor out of this. Well, it's it's a joke on um, the uh, WWE will always say, even if two guys survive, they'll be like, they're the sole survivors. <laughs> That's true. They always do pull that shit. And I'm like, no, no, no. They're just the survivors. Right. <laughs> no, Joe, they are all the sole survivors. Even if you have a clean sweep, all five of them are the Individually, sole... <laughs> they are sole survivors. Yeah, imagine if they did that shit on Survivor, the show. <laughs> you are all the sole survivor. <laughs> you all win. Well, do we all win the million dollars? No. You, you split it. <laughs> only only the winner wins the million dollars, but you are all the sole survivor. <laughs> so yeah, that's our uh, theme for this week because we've got the NXT TakeOver coming up as long as, as well as Survivor Series on Sunday. Um, but we want to get the non-WWE uh, news um, out first. So you watched Power Struggle. I sure did, dude. It was a lot of fucking fun. A lot of impressive shit. Even though um, some of the guys on commentary were like, at at times they did some really good stuff of like helping to build a story, but then at some times they were like, really kind of like breaking the fourth wall and almost like pitching gimmicks for guys. It was really weird. So wait, which which version did you watch? Was it um, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly doing it? I think it might have been, yeah. Because the other, uh, Jim Ross and... Oh, yeah, no, I did not have Jim Ross. Damn it. Yeah, so it was... Well, because I, I don't know how they work it, but so Jim Ross does the Access TV, does episodes of New Japan TV, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if they do pay-per-views. They oh, do... Okay. Well, they do Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if they do the other ones. Maybe, maybe he's, like, just for bigger shows like that, like Wrestle Kingdom or something. Maybe he'll come in. But, uh, yeah, Power Struggle was really fucking fun to watch, dude. Um... I'm sorry, you said you watched uh, Beretta versus Omega, right? Yeah, I saw a couple clips from it. Uh, didn't want sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah, that was a really fun match. That was an excellent sort of build with like just Omega is such a he's a really fun heel to watch because he's like just he's a really good wrestler. Well, I, it, like I mean, I say that he's a heel, but at the same time, like he, he's almost becoming such a character that he's like beyond heel and face in a way. Is uh, he's like reach, reaching the Ric Flair? Kind of because, like, he's a heel and he acts like a heel and he does heelish stuff, but at the same time, the crowd fucking loves him. Yeah, you know? they're just like, oh, we, we can't hate that guy. He's just so good. Well, yeah, it's like, it's, he's, he's so good and just, like, the stuff that he does is so cool. 
you know, like the like the Bullet Club and just like this whole mystique. Like it's such a cool fucking thing. I think that's part of why it's become so big. You know, well, it's become such a, like its own entity. Mm-hmm. Like even more, I would say even more than the NWO. Mm. Yeah, and in a in a weird sort of way, like in this climate, like it it has become such a big thing that like even if it died tomorrow. Like, the Bullet Club, I think, would be kind of, like, an integral part of wrestling history at this point. Yeah. And I think, I mean, granted, I don't think it's a direct, fair comparison, right, to say, like, that they're reaching bigger heights in the NWO because they have these tools like social media and stuff. But even then, yes, that like, they, they've, yeah, they've taken it to a whole new level. Like, <laughs> that's all you can say. Well, but they're, but they're doing all this in a climate where pro wrestling is not cool anymore like nw2o was in a time when pro wrestling very was like, true you know doing pretty fucking well for itself so yeah very mainstream <laughs> right so they're they're doing as well as they are and they're growing in a time when it's you know not a thriving industry well you know compared to a lot of other industries you know i think compared to itself it's obviously doing a lot better than it was a couple of years ago mm-hmm. like it's growing and stuff like that and part of that is because like i think the Bullet Club is just doing a really good job of branding themselves and growing as a group. Yeah, and like they're not just doing things with New Japan. They're also doing stuff in Ring of Honor and mm-hmm. any indie show they go to and things like that. So they've really branched it out more than anything ever has before. Right, especially because like they've been... I think expand well. I mean, I guess I'm not a super expert on it, yeah. But <laughs> I'll pretend to be because I'm smart. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, it, I feel like they've done some really intelligent sort of expanding, and I don't know if I'm like totally on board with like say Adam Page yet. Like he seems to be sort of like a weak link in that group right now. But like adding guys like Cody, adding guys like Marty Skrull, really smart additions to expand that brand so that then Bullet Club is more present in like say for example Ring of Honor where Cody is the Ring of Honor champion so mm-hmm. then like every time he's coming out and he's having these defenses he's representing the Bullet Club exactly so, so that like that that feel and that name just keeps getting bigger and out there and if you think about it it's <clears throat> such smart booking because so now you've got Kenny Omega who's the leader of the Bullet Club when they're in Japan and then you've got Cody, who's the leader of the Bullet Club when they're in America, mm-hmm. um, and now you're building this like little feud between them, mm-hmm. like just hinting at it, like, well, who who is the true leader? Who is the more powerful one? And it's going to allow for one. It allows for you're right, Bullet Club to build by branching out to Ring of Honor and things like that, but also allowing for just better storytelling. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, some more wrinkles in all that, too, because um, as of in Power Struggle, uh, Marty Skrull had another match with the uh, Mr. Will Ospreay over the junior heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. And guess who is now the junior heavyweight title holder? Marty Skrull won it. Mr. Marty Skrull. Wow. So Bullet Club's got another uh, bit of gold there in New Japan. Big deal. Yeah. What Did, did the Young Bucks hold any of the... Um, I, I think they're New Japan Junior Tag Titles, right? Yeah, I think they're New Japan Junior Tag Titles, and they called yeah. out another tag team to challenge for a match. I'm trying to remember who. I think it was the uh, Rapongi 3K that they called out. Oh yeah, the new Rapongi team. 
show and yo. <laughs> yeah, I think they challenged them at the end, but I'm try- I can't remember 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a lot of other really great shit on there too, including um, to to branch off of our Bullet Club conversation here for a little bit. Uh, one of the like straight up just New Japan sort of matches on there that was amazing was this uh, Texas like bull rope sort of match mm-hmm. between uh, Suzuki or yeah Minori Suzuki and uh, Toriyano. So do you know who these characters are? Uh, kind of. So yeah, for the people who are unfamiliar, uh, Minoru Suzuki is this like kind of older wrestler. He's in like his mid to late forties, I think, and he is like this absolutely like, sadistic submission guy. And he runs this group called Suzuki Goon, who now has uh, Zack Saber Jr. in that group. And he is like he has this history with Toriyano, who is this dude who's a little bit more goofy, and he's sort of like the, the if he's gonna win, he has to kind of like catch you in a roll up sort of thing like he's a little bit bigger but he's not a great fighter mm-hmm. and so they have this history back and forth where like toriano has caught suzuki a couple of different times in big wins like in sort of like climax tournaments and other stuff like that so Suzuki hates toriano like hates <laughs> this motherfucker and so he's finally gotten him into a situation where he's going to be able to you know keep him right there inside of a, a rope match and so toriano in the beginning when they're like you know tying them both to the rope he keeps, like, dodging the ref, like, with his hand, and the crowd's getting into it and, like, laughing. Because he, he's, like, a good comedy wrestler. Like, he's got that instinct to him and that look. And <laughs> so he keeps dodging, getting tied into the rope. And then eventually he goes and attacks uh, Suzuki before the bell rings and, like, gets in a good couple good shots. But then eventually Suzuki turns around and gets him into a submission hold and, like, holds his arm in place and forces the ref to come over and tie the rope. So then he can actually start beating his ass in a real match. <laughs> like, forces him to start the match. And then they go and they have this match back and forth and all this shit. And at one point, like, Minori Suzuki is, like, hanging him over the ropes, like, with the rope around his neck. Like, oh using it God. as, like, a noose. Like, it's intense as fuck, man. And then eventually he uh, he does beat Toriyano. But, oh my gosh, it was really good. Like, really great use of the rope to tell the story of Toriyano trying to escape. And Minori Suzuki be like, no, motherfucker. A, you're not getting away. And B, I am not making this quick. Like, I'm going to torture you. <laughs> Great match. By my match of the night. And there were a lot of good matches on that card. Wow, that was your match of the night. Yeah, I thought it was so good. Like, I, yeah. there's so many other matches that I've seen that had ropes that were just bullshit. Like, yeah. that stupid four corners match with, like, Rusev and Cena and stuff. Like... Oh my gosh. But this is such a good use of the stipulation that it completely redeemed that stipulation for me. Mm-hmm. So props props to those guys. Um, but yeah, you saw Beretta and Omega was really good. Um, Osprey and Skrull was really great. And then also the main event between uh, Ibushi and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title was really good. They got <laughs> They got some real stiff shots in towards the end. Like, oh wow! Wait, Omega wasn't the main event. No, it was uh, the Intercontinental Title. Oh, okay. At least, or at least in the stream that I was watching, that was the match that went on. No, last. I think you're. I I heard a recap of it, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, great match because like it, it seemed like they were almost shooting a little bit towards the end in this one segment. Like <laughs> they were hitting really fucking hard, man. 
I don't know. I don't know how there was anything other than a shoot. Like, it was insane. Like, you could just feel it. Just like everyone. Because it wasn't even like, um, you know, like usually when people do the chops, it's like that knife edge chop, like the side hit. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of like wind up from the side and then you slap them across the chest. Like, they were just doing straight up palm strikes into each other's chest, like just straight on. It's just like these deep thuds. It's just like the kook, like when you really hit somebody. Yeah. Like if you ever like really hit somebody in their chest like that. Yeah, you get that. Uh, uh, kind of like I, I like it's like a soul pounding hit. Like yeah, like I felt that through the screen. I felt like they were pounding my soul. <laughs> they were hitting each other so damn hard. It's just like ah, uh, that's the beauty of Japanese strong style right there. Just beating the ever living fuck out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah power struggle was awesome and i'm um, i'm excited to see uh wrestle kingdom yes we we should definitely review that one yeah because then uh so uh to tie it back over to ring of honor uh the guy that came out to challenge uh hiroshi tanahashi after he beat kota Ibushi in a really great match uh was the switchblade as he's called now jay white ah so he's making it over there so yeah, he's coming back uh, over to New Japan, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi has accepted the challenge, so they will be fighting at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. And in another uh, crossover, Trent Beretta was on this week's ROH TV. He was. Yeah. In the tag team of the best friends. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's a great name. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised it hadn't been done before. Right? Like... <laughs> Like how would, what's how your, would that what's your tag be... team name? Well, we're best friends, so why not that? <laughs> we're the the best friends. This is just like why hasn't anyone used the flashlight on the Undertaker? Right, like how did nobody think of that? Did we just become best friends? Yup. <laughs> and uh, they they went over the addiction, so they're now they're going to be challenging uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yes, because uh, which is. I mean, it's just going to further the conspiracy with the kingdom. They're not getting their shuttle shot. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sold on the kingdom yet. <laughs> I, I'm i excited to see this uh, uh, Best Friends versus Motor City Machine Guns match, though. I think they're going to match up pretty well. Oh, shit, yeah. That, that I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Because it's like, everybody's like right around the same size. Yeah. It's almost having like two mirror teams. Which is a really cool dynamic to have. Hey, and both of them are best friends. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Who's who are the real best friends of Ring of Honor? Exactly. That's what the match should be for. Mm-hmm. A ladder match for it's a piece of paper that says we're the real best friends. This is the this is the match of friendship. Yeah. It's oh, you know what you have to do is uh the team that is hugging their uh tag team partner the longest wins. So whoever <laughs> stops hugging the other guy loses so team hell no is gonna join them yeah team hell no comes in for the surprise triple threat <laughs> we've been doing this long before you guys we've been doing this for years <laughs> oh my gosh perfect uh... um what did you think too of uh to uh, go back to mr Barty skirl here for a minute uh him yeah. calling out jay lethal I think it's a great match. Because um, what I love about Marty Scroll is like he doesn't have a style. 
He's a very like I cut like an amorphous wrestler. Like he can kind of adapt to anyone. He's a counter wrestler. Yes, and it's great to see him in the ring with someone like a Jay Lethal, say, um, because he'll be able to match that style, mm-hmm. or at least counter it, as you said. Yeah, right. That makes sense. We, well, yeah. you know, who else was a big counter wrestler was like Christian. I yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think Cody, too, in a lot of ways. I think Cody's kind of a counter-wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I love counter-wrestlers. There's something about them. Well, because they can fucking adapt to anybody, so they can have really great matches with all sorts of people. Yeah, because, uh, like, uh, if you listen to, like, the Edge and Christian podcast, like, every guest that comes on that's had matches with Christian, Christian is like, you were my favorite opponent. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we'll explain why. And it's because, like, some, during some match, like, Christian just really clicked with them. Mm-hmm. Wait, there, there's something to be said, too, for, like... You know what? I'm, I'm going to relate wrestling to sex here for a minute. What? So, even, even outside of, like, straight-up, you know, actual, like, BDSM sex, there is something to be said for, like, somebody being kind of the dom and some, or some person being the sub, in that somebody's taking the lead and somebody is following somebody else's lead. In the same way that when you're dancing with somebody. Somebody is yeah. taking the lead and somebody is following. So maybe that's a better in, in between. Otherwise, but, it's a huge it clusterfuck. Right, because if both guys are just, if both people are trying to take control, it doesn't work. If neither person can take control, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. One person needs to be, and maybe you're switching back and forth, but even then, you need to have the communication of like, all right, well, who's in charge and who's following? And then both people do their job. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, you know, maybe some people are just like the, these, um, because that that is a skill set too, like, and we have such a like an emphasis in this culture on like, oh, all about leaders, leading, lead, and it's like, well, you know, we, if everybody's leading, we also need people to be following leaders. So we need people who can listen and adapt and receive that, and that's that's a really big skill in wrestling because it's not only are you having to receive what the other guy's doing and know what you're doing in the ring, but you're having to receive what the crowd is doing, so you know if what you're doing is working in the match. Yeah, you know, because the crowd's not responding, then who gives a shit? <laughs> And you also have to like work in whatever you've been told by the booker, the promoter, or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so much offense, so much defense. If like if that if there's any kind of requirements like that on top of it, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So there's there's just yeah, there's a lot of different skill sets to go into it. That's that's the thing I guess I don't get. Well, I guess I do get because a lot of people that criticize pro wrestling are the people who don't know a lot about it. And I think yes. that would be one of the big things that would help a lot of people gain respect for is just realizing how much there is to it. Like, yeah. it's, it's live performance art where you're doing crazy, intense physical shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and having to, like, you know, keep a crowd entertained and maybe also have to, like, remember, you know, intense choreography as far as, like, a storyline and all that goes. It's like, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love it. That's, that's why we love it when people do it well. Yes. People do it really well. Like, um, yeah, just I've, I've been really impressed with Marty Skull between like his promo and ROH this week and then like watching his match with Osprey and in Power Struggle. Like, this is a really good week uh, for me watching Skrull. Yeah. And it's he, he's so funny, too, because like if you listen, have you heard any interviews with him on podcasts? No. He's so just like. Yeah, man, I just like go with the flow, and I just like feed off the crowd, and so and I was just like, 
dude, with the promos that you cut and the matches you have, like, it seems like you should be more thinking and planning and stuff like that. But he's just, he just does it. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's a little more that he's letting on. But at the same time, to what you're saying, part of it being natural is because, like, the guys in the Bullet Club, especially, like, the guys in the Being Elite and all that, they really seem to be having a lot of fun. Yes. Like, they're actually doing what makes them happy, and they're doing a lot of things that are fun. So then it's like when they're out in the ring and they're looking like they're having a good time, hmm, I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean that relates to the audience at home and in the crowd? Wait, you're telling me that people can kind of actually pick up on someone else's vibe and if they're having a really good time, then maybe they're going to have a better time, too? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. And there's there's something, too, too, like, um, people who really do enjoy, like, just, there's something about, like, just getting the reaction out of somebody and, like, being a performer for then also being a heel and where you're just getting that reaction. And so it's not all just about, like, the straight up, oh, we're having fun, we're having fun. But, like, there's also kind of, like, the enjoyment of, like, that sort of thing, too. Because, like, I guess, well, even with his villain character, he's, like, laughing all the time, too. Like, he's having a good time causing misfortune to people and stuff. So. Yeah, and he states that he doesn't see himself. He's, like, he's like I'm not, he doesn't look at his face or heel. He just goes by what his character should do, he says. You know what? Actually, that's that's kind of what we've been saying for a while, isn't it? Yeah. Very much in line with what we've been saying, that I think, especially this is, very much in line with, I think, Game of Thrones being so popular nowadays. It's like there's so much more of, like, people don't see things nearly as black and white as they used to. There's so many more shades of gray to the point where, like, almost like the concept of black and white is completely outdated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's almost bleeding into the world of wrestling, too, where you see that a lot of the things that are getting really popular right now, the things like the Bullet Club, is like, I mean, I guess the Bullet Clubs are kind of heels, but they're kind of not at the same time because they're also, like, just dudes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. Like, is I think that is kind of the way that it goes. It's like maybe the face-heel dynamic in a lot of ways needs to shift in that, like, these characters are just these characters. And sometimes they do obviously still shade a little more heel and face and stuff like that, but just that characters are characters, and that's it. Yeah. And, and just that, however the character feels they should go, then. You know, and then maybe even at, like, just the character without even actually changing just in some times is more of, like, you know, they're getting booed or cheered just depending on the situation. Because maybe, you know, there's some heel where it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to, you know, attack you before the match. But right once the match starts, then, you know, anything goes. Whereas, like, some other heel, it's like, well, look, I know I have no chance to, you know, fuck you over in a match. So I will go behind, you know, the stage and I will fuck you up and do all sorts of things conniving because that's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, somebody else who maybe just wouldn't do that, even though they're a heel... Or something like that, or just, I guess, yeah, that's what we're saying. Stick to your character, regardless of, yeah. like, the heel-face dynamic. And, d- yeah, don't think about it in the heel-face dynamic way. Just go with, my character would do this, so I'm going to do that. Like, don't. Right, like, Braun, like, like anybody who screwed over Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman would just destroy them. Yeah. Regardless of who they are. Like, because he's just a monster man. Yes. <laughs> Monster man, monster man. <laughs> yep. Which, uh. he, like, 
that is that is one thing that's been driving me up a wall with like this month of build for like Survivor Series is like how much character inconsistency then there is with this shit. With like you know, yet again Bailey participating in like group style beatdowns. I mean, <laughs> at, at least at least this time I guess it's in revenge for her getting beat down the first time. But still. But still, like Bailey participating in like gang style warfare and like curb stomping bitches, like exactly, like <laughs> what? Come on, like to give you an example, uh, Aaron and I watched this show called Riverdale, uh, which is based off the Archie comics, and so in the latest episode, um, a guy goes to drug and rape another character, a girl. And these other girls know about it. So the, these group of girls go in and just start beating the shit out of this guy. Hmm. Um, and, like, the scene of the, the <laughs> women, the Jeez. raw women attacking the um, SmackDown women's locker room reminded me of that scene. Like, just kicking the, the person that's down really hard. And, mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is not, this makes no sense. <laughs> Bailey, who hugs people, like... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's that, and then there's, like, the situations of, uh, like, fucking, yeah, there was that part where, like, Shane is, like, hyping up everybody, and was talking about how, like, yeah, you know, later even tonight, we're gonna have Baron Corbin versus Sin Cara to see who fights Miz, and, like, they're standing, like, two guys apart from each other, and they've been fighting for weeks, Yeah, and, like, Baron Corbin's been trying to rip off Sin Cara's mask, which he says is, like, the most, like, heinous thing you can do in all of Lucha, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they're he's like, yeah, smack down. And then, like, you know, when, when Raw comes to invade, uh, you know, Reigns is standing, like, right in front of Braun Strowman. And it's like, didn't weren't you guys just trying to murder each other? Like, just not even you had a match with each other and you had a feud. Roman Reigns, you tried to murder Braun Strowman. Braun like, Strowman <laughs> threw you off a uh, loading dock on a stretcher. And then you proceeded to try and murder him with an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> what no the we're fuck? cool now oh boy you know when it comes to we gotta stick together for brand loyalty which what the where is the incentive of all this this, this is where <laughs> they seriously should have just come up with some sort of incentive that, would that have been that hard no just oh if you win then each member of the team gets a title shot or something like that there you I... go that's that's simple as fuck you know what? Yeah. I I like that actually a lot. I, I'm trying to pitch. Did I, did I pitch to you the idea where you could kind of like combine this in elimination chamber in a cool way? No, I don't think so. So to incorporate that idea of like the winners from Survivor Series getting um, title shots. Yeah. Like, say say like all right for like the men's team for example because there's like five guys. Be like all right, the winning team will get to have all the five spots in an elimination chamber match with the champion being the sixth. Like, mm. that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and it especially it works with how they've booked the Survivor Series because the champions aren't on the teams. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're, like, being kept apart, and you could do different stuff with that. Like, you could, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Another thing that was kind of interesting that was, um, I think, like, Brian Alvarez said this. I, I saw, like, a clip earlier with, like, him and um, uh, Meltzer, and he was saying that, like, what if they gave – like the winning show, so like between like yeah, we're having Raw and SmackDown compete. The winning show gets slots sixteen through thirty in the Royal Rumble, and the losing show gets one through fifteen. Oh my god, it's even yeah. Like that's cool. That works. 
some kind of incentive, just something. Because it's like, yeah, when these guys are absolutely murdering each other for like these other things, and then like, and there wasn't even like that big of stakes before they were fighting. Yeah, it was like maybe there was a title shot on the line, but not that much more than that. And then now it's like they're just cool with each other. It makes yeah. no sense. And then, of course, right after this, everybody's going to be going right back to trying to murder each other, aren't they? Yeah, the, there's the pause button right now to fight for your brand. And then you are going to go back to your uh, feuds from before. But another question I have is how are we... You, you keep saying, like, Raw versus SmackDown, and they haven't explained how they're going to tally up who wins. Is it going by each match? Or is it just by the two team matches between the men and the women or think, just the men i think it has to be every single match where they're going because there's the men's match the women's match the um mid-card title match the women's title match and then the men's title match so there's five yeah but like you would think that they would go like oh wait hey, and, the, we and the tag title match so actually there's six yeah shit it's uneven how the fuck are they supposed to determine this I think they're just going by one of the team matches. I think that that's unless uh, shit. Is there is there a seventh head to head match that we're not remembering? Um, because the, the cruiserweight match doesn't count. That's oh uh, well. We we do have the Shield versus New Day. Oh, okay. There you go. All right. Yeah. So between the seven, there we go. Yeah, but like, shouldn't that just be a line thrown out by Shane or Kurt, like? We need to make sure we win each match because each match counts or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, that would have been a better way to emphasize that and, like, how they're counting this, like, which brand wins. Yeah. But, yeah, my, my thought would be that, yeah, I guess whoever wins the majority of these seven matches, uh, whoever wins at least four out of the seven is the winner. Which All right. I don't know. Well, well, I guess we'll have to see. I I feel like I'm probably gonna end up thinking Raw's gonna win this, but we'll see. <clears throat> well, according to who has who's now on the Raw team, right? Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. I I mean, I definitely think that the men's match Raw absolutely has it in the bag. But um, yeah. So did you want to um talk about the Triple H thing separately, or do you want to go into? predictions for the whole thing because I, th- I do think the triple h thing has like its own little thing i do want to talk to you about yeah so let's go through each match and then we can talk about the different builds and things like that uh oh, if that's well, what you want to do wait i want to talk about the triple h thing first and then we can go oh okay i guess yeah. we can start at nxt war games and then just go up through the cards and we can do our predictions and yes. set set fate in the works and then i'll reclaim both titles and uh well you know we can dream you can dream. Uh, but yeah, this this whole Triple H angle where he came out and did the whole replacing of Jason Jordan thing. Uh, no, he didn't just replace Jason Jordan. <laughs> he he yeah. fucking murdered him. He fucking crushed his face into the dirt. This, I guarantee you, and this is this is me. I don't even think this is me predicting that much. I think this is almost written on the wall. Like, yeah. this is going to be the catalyst moment. For Jason Jordan's heel turn. Mm. This is the center moment for his character because he is being denied his opportunity to go fight on behalf of his dad, and then he gets humiliated and embarrassed in front of him. Doing like, it for you, Dad. Oh wait, never mind. 
Huh? I'm, he's going, I'm doing it for you, Dad. And then, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked in front of you for you, Dad. <laughs> I have. So, the question comes down to, does this mean he turns heel later, or do you think he turns heel at Survivor Series? I think he turns... All right, so I, I have a dream scenario that I want to pitch to you. Because I think okay. it would work really well for him to turn... Oh, shit. Let me, let me think this out. Because I guess it could either happen at the pay-per-view or on Raw. But I okay. think... I think it would be better to do it on... No, okay. Yep, Raw is how we do it. All right. This is how you do it. So Got at, it. at Survivor Series, the Raw... Yeah. Raw team wins, and it comes down to at the very end, there's going to be a moment of, uh, like, Shane McMahon's the last guy. He finally gets pinned. Uh, I think Triple H is going to pin him, and Triple H and Kurt Angle are the two survivors on Team Raw, unfortunately. <laughs> That's just the way that shit is going to happen. That's just We just have to accept it. All the yeah. old men are, <laughs> are the main players here. Um, but then Triple H is going to order Kurt Angle to break Shane McMahon's ankle. And then Kurt Angle's going to refuse. And so then ah. out comes Jason Jordan, who is going to do the... So if this, if it happens at the pay-per-view, then I think then what happens is then Triple H orders Jason Jordan out, and then Jason Jordan breaks Shane McMahon's ankle for, like, on Kurt Angle's behalf as, like, the... It's, it's sort of like this turnabout lesson of, like, remember, like, when uh, Kurt Angle was supposed to, like, you know, announce him as, like, the new guy on the team, and then he wouldn't do it, so then Triple H had to do it for him. Yeah. So now Triple H is showing, like, Jason Jordan's like, all right, look, here's your opportunity. Your old man failed because he wouldn't man up and do what he needed to do. Now I'm giving you the opportunity to do what he wouldn't do because he wasn't man enough. So then he is Mm -hmm. coming in and then doing the dirty work of Triple H, turning heel, becoming subservient to the authority, and doing the things that Kurt Angle won't do. Because Kurt Angle won't give him the opportunities... So then he has to side with the authority, right? Because there's somebody who will give him an opportunity. Exactly. And then, and that's, so on Monday, that's all then, he's ever wanted. Yep, he just wanted the opportunity to prove that he was as good as his dad and all that shit. And then, uh, yeah, then maybe on Monday they'll fire him because, like, you know, you wouldn't do what we told you to do. So I think the other way you could do it is if on Monday you have him turn heel instead. Mm-hmm. Maybe this would be too much too fast. Would be you have him come out and then like attack Kurt Angle on behalf of the authority, like have yeah. him come out and think that he's going to be cool with Kurt Angle and then have him like. You know, attack him, maybe break his ankle or something. Either way, but I think I think it's happening, <laughs> big time. Yeah, I just think it might happen like at Survivor Series where Kurt or uh, not, mm-hmm. sorry, Jason screws over maybe Kurt. So you think he would actually maybe interfere in the match? Yeah. But it's kind of it's going to be tough to predict that because there's I, a lot of interferences that I think could happen in that match. That's true. So, all right. So, shall we shall we start at the beginning of War Games and work our way there? Sure. All right. What do we have all right, so, first? Uh, we have Cassius Ono versus the monster that is Lars Sullivan. Ooh. Uh, this this should be pretty easy, I think. <laughs> I think Lars goes over, right? Yeah, I feel like there's no no way in hell that Lars loses this one. Which is okay, because I think Cassius is fine in that role of putting the, the, this guy over. So, doesn't yeah. hurt him. Does all the good for Lars. We're good. Yeah, I think, I'm trying to remember, this might be his first takeover match, right? 
Yes. So yeah, uh, and he's the type of guy like he needs some big wins. Cassius is like the right kind of guy at the right time of like being a gatekeeper, but also mm-hmm. being like a bigger enough name that actually you know means something for a guy like Lars Sullivan to beat him. Yeah, and I thought it was a good build up, right? You have Cassius coming out saying he wants that match. So mm-hmm. if Lars wins, then it's like yeah, you took out a guy that like was more well-known than you or better, whatever, however you want to spin it, mm-hmm. and then you beat him. Yep. Uh, let's see. So then after that, what do we have? Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Uh, I feel like this is pretty easy to call, too. Black has absolutely Alistair. taken this. Yeah, if Black loses this one, it would be horrible. Yeah, that would, that would really shit on his character pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, like, but I do have to give it to them that this build was a lot better than I thought it could have been. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it gives me a lot more hope for um, Velveteen Dream because I really yeah. thought this was just going to be like a straight up dead end gimmick. But you know what? Like, this is already a lot better than I thought they were ever going to give it. So he, he pulled it off so well with like mm-hmm. merging his style and going up against Alistair's like like doing the thing where he crept up on Alistair. Like, uh, I just thought that was great. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's done surprisingly well, and I'm actually excited to see the match because like Velveteen, like he's actually a good wrestler too. That Patrick Clark guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to see it, but yeah, I think Black absolutely takes this. He's definitely the bigger prospect. He's still undefeated, and Dream is not the guy to end it. <laughs> yeah. Like he he, I guarantee you, he is not going to stop being undefeated until he gets a title shot. Like. Yeah. Because I don't think there's any other prominent. Um, like male competitor guys that are undefeated right now. So like they got to keep that alive at least until he gets there's, an NXT title shot. Even if he doesn't never, win, he's got a title. Yeah. I don't know if there's ever been an undefeated guy in NXT. Uh, yeah, I'm try- I mean, I suppose it has to have happened at some point, but I guess there wasn't really as much of like a long streak. Yeah, it wasn't like an Oscar level. Yeah, because like Oscar had, you know, obviously the nice long one. Um, Authors mm-hmm. of Pain had like a one, but that's a tag team. Yeah, it's a singles. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. They need to keep it alive. Yeah. Uh, then we have, because I don't think it's going to be the main event, uh, we have the singles match for the NXT Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Andrade Almas with Selena Vega. Yeah. I wish that Almas could win this match, but he's not going to. He's not going to, but this feud has done wonders for him. Um, so even if he loses, I think it's he still comes out on top. Oh yeah, like he's he's definitely raised his stock, I'd say. And well, I almost even more than him being in this feud, it's just like his performances have been really good. Yeah, but like he's being in this feud just has given them more camper time, which is good. He, he's into the character now. You can tell he's having more fun. Like mm-hmm. we said earlier in this podcast that like when the performers are having fun it comes across on the screen and this is one of those moments yeah like he's definitely way more into this and you can yeah. tell um and i mean and you got to give him credit for uh the way they've built this because you and i just i think both still have that little bit of doubt that he could maybe pull this one out possibly but i think majority is leaning towards mcintyre yeah well i was almost leaning a little bit more that way until this week on TV when almost laid him out again. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, he's he's laid him out twice. There's no way 
they're going to let him get that many bits of offense on him and then have McIntyre not come back. So lays him out twice and then wins the match. Right. That I mean, that'd be some insane booking if they actually did yeah. that. That'd be great. Uh, but they don't do that. At least not that much. Non-50-50 yeah. booking? What? Well, I mean, NXT is definitely better at not doing 50-50 booking, but they're still yeah. kind of 50-50 sometimes. Yeah. Um, 70-30. Or at, least, or at least something with this like this big. Because McIntyre hasn't gotten anything on Almas yet. Yeah. So now he's got to put him down. Even promos or anything, yeah. I guess he's, he he got him a little bit on the promo this week, like when he was saying like, uh, "Are you gonna let like Zelina off your, or is she gonna let you off your leash?" Uh, yeah, like that was a good zinger. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, then we have a fatal four way match for the vacant NXT Women's Championship: Ember Moon versus Kyrie Sane versus Nikki Cross versus Peyton Royce with Billy Kay. Who are you going for? This is a tough one. This is definitely a tough one, for sure. Um, I think the two front runners, though, to, mm-hmm. to kind of break up the field, are Ember or Kyrie. Ooh, okay. So we're definitely going to have a different pick on this one. Okay. Why? So, you think it's either going to be Nikki or Peyton? Uh, it's Nikki Cross all the way. One, wow. 100% Nikki Cross. Okay. See, I'm split on Ember or Kyrie. Because Ember, like, I, I I can see them giving her the championship because she had the run against Asuka and was unsuccessful. And so there could be, like, now, like, all right, now she's she gets to be the one. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie is the new shiny toy. Mm-hmm. So, but the cons against both of those are Ember. It kind of would look bad to have her lose, lose, lose to Asuka. And then as soon as Asuka's gone, win. Kind of may mm-hmm. hurt her character a bit. And then Kyrie, yet maybe a little too similar to Asuka to put the title on right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my biggest criticism for Kyrie is that I think it's too soon. Unfortunately, because she's Japanese. <laughs> Damn racist. Well, you know, I, not really. I fucking love the Japanese, man. I just <laughs> I went and watched Power Struggle, dude. <laughs> You only like you know study Japanese in college, right? I only studied Japanese and went to Japan and lived in the monastery for a little while. You know, like <laughs> I really hate them Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> them Japanese. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ember then. Okay, Ember Moon. She did have a really great match there with Mercedes Martinez this week. Yes, um, I will say that. Because I, I do think she would be a great choice. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's Nikki Cross, though. Because I feel like Nikki Cross is a little bit more popular right now. Mm-hmm. And I think I think because she, like, she more than some of the other women, she straddles that heel face line a little bit more so they can do a couple more programs. Like, I think that she can go against Kyrie, She can go against Ember Moon. She could go against uh, Ruby Riot. Like, you got a lot of options to Nikki Cross. Yeah, she she has been feuding with Ruby a little bit. Well, uh, feuding slash teaming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all right, there we go. Uh, we have our first difference, and maybe our only <laughs> difference in this whole. Because I think uh, we have the War Games match. Is that the last one? Yes, that's the last one. And um, do you understand the rules of this one? So, all right, remind me if this is correct. You have yeah. one guy from each team starting. Correct. And then after like three minutes or so, one person, or wait, 
We have one person from one team? No. Or two people from one team? The rest of that team will enter. Okay, so the rest of one team will enter. So say, uh, the example is, say, it's Eric Young, um, Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong starting the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then however they decide the order. So it used to be like a coin toss because it was only two teams. So I don't know how they're doing it now. Mm-hmm. But then however they decide, you pull a number out of a hat or something like that. Uh, whichever team gets to get it, like gets to enter the match first, then after that initial, those three start, um, the rest of the team would join. So say it's authors of pain that win it. Like, It'll then be Occam, Razor, Roderick, Roderick Strong against Eric Young and Adam Cole in the match. Then another three the minutes te- goes by, and then another team. Yes. Then another three minutes, then the last team. Yes. <clears throat> so they're and then only of... once everybody's inside, that's when you can have a pin or a submission? Yes. Okay. So before that, you can just kill somebody, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You cannot pin or submit. Which you would think would kind of ruin the match but dusty used to be able to book those really well back in the day in wcw so well i i think there's a really like if you can get some really good heat on a baby face like you can do some good shit with that time because the heels can just be like torturing the shit out of some baby face and it's like look there's nothing you can do to stop this (laughs) yeah and then you get the hot tag so to speak yep of that 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 baby faces the rest of the team gets to come in and save them. Exactly. Um, it seems like they're just trying to keep the time down on this part, though, because it used to be that even when there was the previously there was been one war games with three teams in it, and so it would just rotate with the teams like individuals coming back into the match. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one they they just seem to be like, oh, okay, once the time's up rest of the team gets to go in so yeah this will be exciting i'm excited for it yeah um and i definitely think uh undisputed's walking away with the victory here i agree um and uh i I definitely feel uh roddy is turning here uh do you do you feel that as well or or do you i I agree as well because I was gonna say, can I make yep. a side bet of Roddy's yep. turn? <laughs> Damn, we both think it's gonna happen. So exactly, All right. no points for it. But yeah, we we both feel confident that Roddy is turning heel and joining Undisputed mm-hmm. to win this match. I feel like they they have to do it. Like that's the story, right? Anything yes. other than that would almost be disappointing at this point. <laughs> exactly. Especially for Roddy, man, he's gonna be treading some water if he's not in that group. Oh yeah, he he needs it so bad. Yeah. Well, you know what? This this might not mean anything, but did you notice that they changed this music ever so slightly recently? No. Like just the intro it, it is a little bit different, like it's slightly darker. It's like the Ooh. same song, but it's like it's just it's ever so slight. So I was wondering if that's signaling like that that's going to happen cuz like okay, this is going to be really weird too, but like the, the way that I figured out that Triple H was going to be turning heel on Daniel Bryan when like they first started that whole storyline mm-hmm. was when he came out initially for that match as the special guest referee, his music was different. That was the first time he had his new music. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck? This is some <laughs> new music. And it was like all sorts of like very like, like darker King, like Latin imagery shit. And I was like, oh fuck, he's turning heel. 
God damn it, he's fucking screwing Daniel Bryan. No! <laughs> it was like, it was that just like a uh, weird little hint that somehow they gave it away. The the closest thing I have to that is uh, when Kane was going to win the money in the bank uh, mm. one year. Uh, he walked out and me and a bunch of my friends went, he like like you can see his abs. Kane's been working out. Ah oh, shit, he's gonna win the money in the bank and then win the title. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's what he did. He won the money in the bank and then cashed it in on Mysterio. Wow. <laughs> the abs gave it away, huh? Yeah. We're like, Kane really got into shape. Oh wait. <laughs> I mean, not that he was ever like fat, but just like got really defined. <laughs> yeah. So wait, is is the ab off between Gargano and uh, Michael still happening? Well, uh, I believe so because Gargano is only supposed to have a dark match, so to speak, that's going to get aired later. Uh, I think like the following NXT, mm-hmm. and it's Gargano versus Pete Dunne. Okay, and in the most ridiculous piece of shit ever, that it's for the UK title, <laughs> and and even crazier. The, did you see the backstage segment they did in NXT this week to set this up? Because no, William Regal, I think I missed that part. like it was like a two-second thing. So you know, if okay. you skipped for the commercial, you probably missed it. Uh, and Gargano just comes into William Regal's office and he says to him, uh, or William Regal says to Gargano, like, "Hey, uh, there's this impromptu match that Pete Dunne is doing, like an open challenge to defend his UK title. I think you'd be the perfect guy for the match." And then Gargano's like, "All right, cool." And I was thinking, like, how the fuck is he the perfect guy? He's not from the UK. Like, how, I guess anybody can compete for that title. Because like, up, un- up think... until now, only UK guys have competed for it. You would think that, like, if it was some American GM, that would make sense. Like, yeah, we're going to take the UK title from them. <laughs> but it's William Regal. <laughs> it's William goddamn Regal. <laughs> he should be like, no, fuck off. <laughs> it's you the know, UK <laughs> title. You know what he should have said? I'm challenging for the UK title. Exactly. I'm going to teach that little twit lesson. <laughs> like, and, and then he also joins the ab off. <laughs> he also... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Secretly beneath that suit, William Regal's actually really yeah. ripped. And when he, he comes out, he has to come out to the, like, he's a man. He's a man yeah. fan song. <laughs> Steve <and> Regal theme. <laughs> yes. Oh man! All right, so ready for some Survivor Series? Yep. All right, so I love how War Games comes down to the women's titles match. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, Survivor Series. What do we got? Let's see. Where do I start? Oh, okay, pre-show. Enzo Amore versus Kalisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, yeah. Uh, Enzo is retaining here. Well, Kalisto doesn't get a birthday present? He already got cake. Yeah. That's that's more than enough than he deserves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay, look, Kalisto is fun to watch in the ring, but goddammit, is he un... Like, he is negatively charismatic. On the mic. It is... Like, he would be better off just being Sin Cara and not talking. (laughs) Oh, no, Sin Cara talks. That's true. Did you know that? Sin Cara cut a better promo than Kalisto, that's right. (laughs) And it's and he also did a there's like a WWE.com thing where him and Nakamura went around I think it was like Birmingham or something like that when they were in England mm-hmm. and like 
it's funny though because he has to like every once in a while he has to pull the mask away from his mouth just so you understand <laughs> what he's saying. Because <laughs> otherwise it starts sounding like the wah 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 wah. Yeah, well they're they're both on SmackDown, right? They could be a tag team on TV, I guess. Guess Sin Cara and Shinsuke Nakamura just be like the silent tag team. Yeah. <laughs> just neither Shinsuke one of them just, talk. Shinsuke just does the really weird like dance move things. Sakura yeah. does the side <laughs> flying. Instead of talking, he just does interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sin Cara just like claps, is like excited, and just like does the little like lucha arm thing. <laughs> That's it, like, they, and just the other team's just like, what the, f- like, talk, damn it. <laughs> and they just dance, they just don't talk. Then Nakamura just hits a Kinshasa out of nowhere. Exactly, they just they just dance until they hit a Kinshasa. They just lure you into a feeling of, sense, like, false security. And then, bam! Kinshasa! Oh my gosh, and then they could have, like, an, an ultimate mind games match against Brizongo. <laughs> they're all just trying to, like, trick each other into, like, opening up for some move. We're just going to have, like, the SmackDown tag division is just all mind games. And then, like, <laughs> you could transfer the, the, the physical, like, so the bar and all the physical act, like, acts will be on Raw. And then you've got all the mental acts on SmackDown. I can imagine Breezango, though, doing, like, a dance-off thing with... <laughs> yeah, like, Breezango doing a cross-dressing dance-off against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Sin Cara. <laughs> this could totally work. We should mm-hmm. book this shit. <laughs> right? We should. Uh, Alright, so I, yeah, you're taking Enzo as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He, he really needs to get a better challenger. Um, I, there have been some rumblings that uh, maybe Neville is coming back. Ooh. Which would be and great. There's rumblings that... Uh... Oh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Rockstar Spud? Yes. I read your mind. How do you like that? Look at that. We get along so well. I try. I try to remember. Wasn't there somebody else they were like trying to bring in for um, the cruiserweight division? Oh, I read Shit. somewhere some random, but I can't remember it. Fuck, I can't remember. Spud's definitely been like the big like, like he's totally coming. Rumors, but mm-hmm. still haven't seen him. So, right. Uh, so then we go to uh. Just how it's listed on here. Uh, I guess Intercontinental Champion uh, Miz versus United States Champion Baron Corbin. Hmm. This one is a toughie. I mean, charisma-wise, you got to go with the Miz. Oh, well, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about who's a more valuable performer, then it's not a complicated question. Miz yeah. is more valuable than Corbin. But... <laughs> We're talking about who's going to win this match. Um, shit. I, I feel like in a lot of ways, this one's almost going to be more so determined by, like, the other matches around it. Like, which team, like, which show needs another win mm. to help balance out so that there's more drama when you go into the final match. So do you want to predict the other ones first? That's that's almost what my prediction is more so going to hinge on. But yeah, let me think. Um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I just want to go with the Miz purely based on he's built this feud better, and 
So I feel like they would go for it. I, and I just feel like they're okay with letting Baron lose, whereas they've been a little more protective of the Miz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do see your point of this match is going to be the one where, oh, well, we need to give Raw the win, so we'll give it to the Miz. Right, because it's like, like it's it's so weird because this a lot of these guys are not going to be feuding against each other. So like a win over one or the other, like it doesn't impact nearly as much as it does, especially because like these guys aren't in a storyline with each other. So it doesn't lead into like it, the, the consequences are so much different. So like predicting the winners of these matches is so much weirder. Yeah. Cause like Miz and uh, Corbin, like both, like neither of these guys are even really feuding with anybody right now. No. So like, it's, it's not even like, Oh, well they need a big win because somebody is on well, their heels or something Miz, Miz was kind of feuding with jordan right and then mm-hmm. baron's got sinkara yeah and he did just get a win you know what it'll i feel like it'll probably be Miz too i'm gonna preemptively say Miz, but i'm gonna potentially come back to this one based on whatever else i predict yeah so let's go to the other ones um we've got raw women's champion alex or no yeah, Raw Women's the, Champion the Alexa women's, Bliss. The Women's Champions? Yeah, well, I just read, I was like, wait, didn't that change? I was like, no, wait, it's the other one. SmackDown with new Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. Okay, so yeah, for this one, definitely Charlotte. Definitely Charlotte, yeah. But very excited for this match, um, especially with the change of giving the title to Charlotte. Hmm. Not that I hated Natty, but... I've wanted to see Charlotte versus Alexa for a long time, so. I did want to see them together. Although, you know what? I almost would have, um, this is, this is going to sound weird. I'm going to contradict against you because I uh, do want to, I do want to see them fight at some you. point, but I would almost would have wanted to see them fight in a context where it would have mattered a little bit more. Cause I think right now, because it's just such a straight exhibition match, like Charlotte's just going to beat her. Like there's mm-hmm. no way that bliss could beat her. Whereas yeah. like if it's in the part of a story, then Bliss might have more of a chance. So I was almost kind of looking more more so forward to Bliss versus Natalia for the fact that I think that they might have let Bliss get that win, and I think that would have been a much bigger win. Oh, she like, definitely would have. If it was Natalia, I think she definitely would have gotten the win. Yeah. So I think that would have been a nice win for Bliss, but this will still be fine for losing for Charlotte, because I also think her losing here will set up very nicely for, I think, her dropping the title very soon to Asuka. Mm-hmm. So we can just kind of play off the, well, you lost at Survivor Series. You shamed our brand, I guess. So Yeah. <laughs> now you um, need to defend your title and lose. <laughs> and I also think it, it could lead to a nice uh, rematch between Charlotte and Bliss down the road if they ever get on the same brand. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it, it, it would be good fodder, too, for, like, you know, if Charlotte beats her here, now then Bliss can, like, have some anger and some revenge for later. Like, mm-hmm. wanting to get her back for... Like, maybe she could even blame her, because if she does lose the title right after this, maybe she could blame Charlotte for it, of like, you you, were, you started my downfall, <laughs> I lost to you, and it was a fluke, but then after that, they made me defend my title, and I wasn't ready, and then I lost the title, and it's all your fault, you bitch. Like, <laughs> I could see that. That could be a whole thing later yeah. on at some point. Like, if Bliss goes back to SmackDown next year, or if Charlotte comes about, like, over to Raw. There you go. Yeah, I was like, shit, didn't they, uh, many, many moons ago, they had, like, a CM Punk resume, like, a feud with Randy Orton, and he was, like, drawing on the fact that, like, three years ago, he'd, like, cost him a title shot or something. 
Yeah, because remember Randy attacked him before like a six pack challenge. Yeah, and so... Punk couldn't defend his title. Yep. So then it was all of a sudden like shit. We need to start a feud with him. It's like, well, he fucked him over then. It's like, all right, good enough. <laughs> so yeah, one of the few times they go back in time to mm-hmm. use that logically. Well, because you know what? It's like if this is something that they plant as a seed, then you know what? No matter what is going on with either of these characters, it's within Elixir Bliss's character to go after Charlotte for this. Yes. If this were a thing that like she lost, as, and it was a monumental Like as soon thing. as they get on the same brand, like, hey, you beat me before, I'm coming after you. Right. Playing into her <clears throat> character. Exactly. Uh, next one, uh, we have The Shield finally reuniting for a pay-per-view. <laughs> Uh, going up against the New Day. I've gone back and forth a lot on this match in my head. What do, what do you think? I'm thinking the Shield. Ooh, just because. Okay. <laughs> just because we haven't seen them fully reunited at a pay per view yet. Mm-hmm. The the last one at TLC was. Ruined because Roman got sick, so I think this might be their big return and a win. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see them wanting to keep the shield protected because, like, they they are like undefeated as a group. They are mm-hmm. definitely like the like the the most dominant sort of like super group that they really have in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that because they like so part of the. It's part of what fucks this up so much for me was the promo that New Day gave on SmackDown. Because it gave me a lot of fodder for thinking they could win and for thinking they could lose. Because <laughs> the fact that they already talked about how it's like, look, a Shield is going to be broken up by the time we get to WrestleMania. Like, we all know this. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That's probably true. And you know what? This could be a, a good catalyst for how they break up is that they came back together. They had this big tag match. They lose the tag match. And then the fallout happens right from there. You know, it could even happen right at the pay-per-view. They could start smacking each other. It could be on Raw the next day. They start smacking each other around, and then they kind of break up. Um, it could happen that way. Or, yeah. so there's there's that kind of thought that's like, yeah, you know what? They are going to be breaking up soon, and this could be a nice way to sort of break it up. Because if they stay together, then they're going to have to find another team that's even bigger that they're going to have to fight. Or they're going to have to break up for some other reason. This is like this feels like a good natural reason for them to break up, and it would give you the nice little like uh, kink in the armor, so that then when they go, I assume uh, Ambrose and Rollins were challenged for the tag titles again, maybe yeah. even as soon as Raw. Then they can still lose, and it can be part of like the whole like, well, they lost on Sunday, and they're they don't have their groove, and oh shit, they lost to the bar again, and it kind of further spirals them into breaking up. So I think that. New Day could win for that reason, but they were so hard on that Brotherhood stuff, talking about how it was like the New Day's the only team that never broke up. That really started getting me scared, Joe. Oh, do you think they're hinting towards a breakup? I maybe. I I didn't want to think about it, but it it started making me think about it. I don't know. Do you think that's even possible at this point? I mean, I would like to, them to be one of the teams that doesn't break up, right? Or just not, and now that I don't want to see them not break up, sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to see them feud when they break up, right? I would like to see them just go, hey, this is fun, we're all going our separate ways. 
I'm trying to, did I did I tell you about my pitch for like how they should end New Day someday? Uh maybe I just can't remember. I think it should just be because I assume that chronologically Kofi is gonna have to retire first out of those guys. Yeah, true. Um so then you you do like some sort of little comedy segment of like Kofi retiring, um, but then just like, alright, well, New Day's officially done with Kofi not being there, but then alright, Woods and Big E are just gonna keep doing their thing. Like it not be like a giant breakup. It just can just be like a all right, New Day is just done now because you know we don't have all three guys as active competitors. So how can we? Mm-hmm. Or you know, I guess unless depending on how his retirement goes, if he still wanted to be on the road, he could always just be like that permanent manager position. Exactly. And then Woods could be the end. Shit, they got so much stuff they can do with New Day. There's like if they broke it up now, that'd be crazy. They would be leaving a lot they of money on the it. table. But at the same time, like you know, some of their philosophy sometimes is like to break shit up when it's really hot, so that they can come back to it later and stuff. And I don't know, maybe. But at the same time, like if they did that now, like I, like what would they do with all three of those guys? I don't think they have enough stuff for them to do right now on the SmackDown brand. Like it wouldn't be good timing for them to do it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just but but the way they were talking about it, and they were so hard on the like. We'll never break up, and our brotherhood is the strongest thing ever. I was like, "Oh God damn it! Please don't break up the new day, <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't break up the new day." Because then I was thinking, like, because if the Shield wins, then maybe that could be a catalyst for like the new day breaking up. Yeah, like that—that that could be its whole own thing of like, oh shit. Well, what if I was thinking about this the reverse way? That it's like, what if the Shield beats the new day and then they break up in response? But, I guess what we're saying is anything is possible. But I'm saying between those two things, I think it's more likely that the shield is going to be breaking up more eminently. So therefore, let's give the win to the New Day. Wow. So I think New Day's going to win. We disagree yet again. Yep. Here we go. Again and again. So uh all right, so I don't me, think we're going to New Day's winning that. Okay. I don't think we're going to disagree on this next one, even though we might not agree with the booking decision. Mm-hmm. It's the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar against the WWE Champion AJ Styles. Yeah, Lesnar's going over. But I think AJ puts up a really competitive match, and both guys end up better in the end. Well, I don't really know if Lesnar gets off that much better in the end. I feel like Lesnar is just sort of Lesnar, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's just always going to be that, like, he's just, just where he is. Yeah, he just sort of is who he, like, I, I really don't know what he could do to improve his stock. Like, that wouldn't just completely ruin the roster. Like, because, yeah, okay, like, if he beat everybody in a gauntlet match, I guess maybe he'd be a little bit bigger then. But not that much. <laughs> but I just mean maybe, uh, hopefully he's, like, into having a match with AJ, so to speak, and so mm-hmm. we'll put effort into it, so... Yeah, I, you know what? I'd really fucking hope so. If he's not into having a match with AJ Styles, then he can seriously go fuck himself. Like, I mean, I've already said that a bunch of times about Lesnar. Because also, like, if you're not into having a match with Dean Ambrose at WrestleMania, go fuck yourself. Like, what a, what a selfish fucking piece of shit. Do you, do you realize how fucking made Ambrose could have been right now? If Even if in losing, if he had had, like, a really good, intense, hardcore match with Brock Lesnar, like... Fuck Lesnar. I, I seriously hate that goddamn monkey. Okay, so on to the Fuck next match. That. He's going to win that stupid match, though. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I hate Lesnar. 
I hate him <laughs> so much. He sucks. I, he I sucks tell. for how much he's paid, dude. I couldn't tell. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I'm even mad about the fact. All right, I'm looking at my Skype contact list. There's yeah. a person that I know. Their last name is Larson, and Larson is an anagram for Lesnar. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> Your last name has all the same letters as Lesnar's last name. So fuck you. So fuck you. Unfriended. <laughs> uh, so the next match <laughs> is Raw Tag Team Champions, Cesaro and Sheamus, versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The Usos. This is tough too, because this this is also like it can kind of go either way. Yeah, but uh, I fe- well, I feel like it's gonna be Usos though. Yeah, I'm gonna say Usos just because with my predictions so far, I've gone kind of raw heavy. So yeah, I also I just I feel like Usos are just like just a lot hotter, a lot more fun team, and like the bar is just kind of cold and there. So like, yeah. giving the win to the bar, I don't know if anybody would give a fuck. Like, it really wouldn't get that much heat, I don't think. But giving a win to the Usos, it's like, fuck yeah. Let's give a win to the Usos. Yeah, but especially then again, the, the Bars tag, the championship win kind of came out of nowhere, so. But then again, at the same time, like, because they just won the titles, maybe they do need to win again. And that way to kind of help solidify. Because, like, the Usos have had the titles, and they're a lot more solidified right now between those two teams. So I could see them giving it to the Bar. Yeah, but the Bar is also, like... They had a recent run as well. So, like, it hasn't been too long since they lost the title, so. That's true. What I must think about is, like, they had a slight pause, and now they're back to being champions. Like, Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to keep the Uso prediction for now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to potentially change it. Mm. Potentially. Depending on uh, how the... Yeah. Now we have our women's traditional 5-on-5 Survivor Series... Uh, match. It's Team Raw, consisting of Alicia Fox, Nia Jax, Asuka, ba- Sasha Banks, and Bailey, versus Team SmackDown, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, and a to be announced member. Wait, so they're being got... they're being coy about it. It's not just Natalia. Oh wait, you don't. There's also the possibility of Paige. Oh. They're gonna okay. I thought she was definitely like more of a lock for the Raw brand, but I guess maybe if they're gonna be willy nilly about it, then yeah, maybe she'll just go over to well, SmackDown. Well, she was she was backstage at Raw apparently, mm-hmm. but people thought she might be there because SmackDown was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, so far they've been like so. Kane coming back. Kane was on SmackDown before he came back and started the feud with Strowman. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're they keep track of who's been on what. And so they could just bring her back as a SmackDown person. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, shit, for this one, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be SmackDown. Like, I feel like the SmackDown women are winning. But... Yeah, because of that. Like, it depends on who they put in that spot, though. Because if it's Natalia, I think you could have the Raw Band win, keeping Asuka strong. But if it's someone like Paige, who they maybe are trying to push, you would want SmackDown to win then. But then you would have to do something where Asuka like gets taken out of the match or something like that. Yeah, because that's that is really the crux for this match. Is Asuka is the thing in here? Yeah, 
because either she needs to be the focal point and made to look really strong, or you need to figure out a way to take her out. Yeah. And, uh, well, they got rid of Emma, so I guess they can't do, um, like, her trying to get revenge. Oh, uh, yeah. Or the uh, the angle I'd pitched you before of, like, iconic, like, debuting. Um, yeah. Like, I'm maybe with to... Emma, but then Emma not being there. So, yeah, and, like, it would be weird for Iconic just to attack her for no reason. So, actually, you know what? Um, shit, because because of... This is so weird, too, because, yeah, that if, cause if Paige comes back, then that would be kind of weird to have her lose, too, like, on the debut coming back. But, I don't know. Paige isn't, like, one of those girls that can't lose. Like, she can take some losses. Yeah. Because, all right, because like, cause out of this match, if, if Asuka's going to get cleverly eliminated... Then who's gonna do it, and how are you gonna do it? I'm not sure, but we also have to take into consideration that if we're leaning this way, then are we also leaning that Team Raw for the men wins? And so that would be both Raw winning for these. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough thing too. Fuck. Yeah, okay, like, I think then who, who was who all was on the SmackDown team? They got Becky Lynch, they've got Carmella, Carmella, Naomi, Tamina, Naomi, Tamina, and, and to be announced. Yeah, with okay. Lana at ringside. With Lana at ringside. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like maybe they could have um, like Tamina and somebody like team up to take out Oscar, like just big people like Holder. Yeah, like, or maybe him. just have her like really beat on someone on the outside and get counted out maybe i don't know like the more and more i think about it and talk to you about it i feel like raw has to win for the fact that i think oscar needs to just like i don't think there's a good way to get her out because at least when charlotte was still in the match charlotte's a big enough name that it's like okay maybe they could do a thing where like her and oscar like maybe like gets like they double dq or get counted out or something yeah like that could make sense, but I feel like they haven't properly built anybody else. And like, unless they were really going to go with Becky Lynch, I feel like they could rehab her, but they don't, you know, I don't know if they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the raw women for now. I'm switching over. Cause I think, I don't think there's a good way to get Oscar out right now. Fuck it. I'm going with SmackDown. All right. You're going with the SmackDown women. Yeah. Okay, so then what does that bring us to next? Is that just the, the finale then? Yeah, the men's. The men's women? So we've got Team Raw, Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Triple H versus Team SmackDown, Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and John Cena. Yeah, um, I, abs- I really feel like Raw is definitely winning this one. Sure. Yeah, with the addition of Triple H. <laughs> yeah, with, actually, that was really the thing to put it over because it was like, like, because I, I definitely thought that like maybe they could have gotten screwed over from within on this one, but with Triple H being on there, there's no way that like Triple H is losing, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> and Cena, like, I would think that that would mean a win for Team SmackDown, but he's just been so in and out that I don't think it matters. Yeah, no, he's. Well, and there's the rumor that he's going to be starting a feud with uh, Samoa Joe there. So mm. Samoa Joe can eliminate him in this match. It's perfect. Yeah. And also with Strowman on Raw, too, like, I feel like he's going to go on a fucking tear. Like, I 
well, the other way I think they could do this, and I think this would be the smarter way to book this instead of just setting up the, the machinations of the McMahon family. What if yeah. Braun Strowman was the sole survivor? Can Braun <laughs> Strowman just be the sole survivor and just beat the Everling fuck out of some people? Like, yes. can we please give this guy an actual meaningful big win instead of just building him up to these wins and then like, ah, well, you know, just loses to Lesnar, just loses to Reigns when it matters. You're like, ugh. I mean, it's it's not that big a deal. Like, he's such a fucking big dude. Like, they're not going to waste him ultimately in his career. But, you know, I he's think he's also very be... easy to rehab. Yeah, he's easy to rehab for sure. And I think this would be a good opportunity for him. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's see. So if I think that the raw men are going to women's uses. Yeah, I guess I guess I am going to stick with Miz in Miz versus Corbin. Unless I switch to Corbin and then the bar. But Okay, so what let me think of what I have. I said Miz. I Did you said... say Miz? Okay. You said Miz? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Miz, you've got Charlotte, you've got Shield. See, actually our our two differences right now is um so I think New Day's gonna win versus Shield. You think Shield's gonna go over New Day, and then mm-hmm. we disagree on the uh women's tag match. Or the women's uh yeah. Five on five. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of um my numbers for each side. So let's see, I have raw for Miz. It's it's I have you have you have them even three on three. Although I guess technically no, we both have uh four for raw. Raw's coming out ahead. Both of us have four for raw. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Because we we switched uh, two of them, so like you know, because Shield is raw and New Day is SmackDown, and then I have the raw women. You have the SmackDown women. Uh, okay. But yeah, because between, yeah, raw, 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 raw. Yep. Damn, it's close. Because yeah, that's now. Mm. There's an interesting component that uh, we haven't discussed yet for the uh, men's traditional Survivor Series match. Um, we have some people that could interfere. Yes. Um, on the SmackDown side, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens don't have anything on the pay-per-view. Have a vendetta against Shane McMahon. Do we think they interfere? Oh, and I, then, I think they absolutely interfere. But then also, does Jason Jordan interfere? Well, I guess your theory is that that's happening on Raw. I think so either that'll is, happen on Raw or at the like the end of the match. So I don't think that he's going to interfere and cost them the match. Because I feel like at this point, that would go antithetical to his um, viewpoint, right? Because he still wants to impress Kurt and help Kurt, right? But he and could if, be very mad at Kurt. He could be mad at Kurt, but the guy that he's going to be going to next is Triple H. And because Triple H is on the team, he's not going to screw the team. Mm, okay. And, and like, Unless they're going to have Jason Jordan go solo, which is going to be a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> he's just going to be a solo heel. Well, I don't know. Maybe the solo heel will be better than the babyface thing. Cause I don't know. I, I dug his promo on Raw, though. What did you think of Jason Jordan's promo on Raw? Uh, he's still not bowling me over. I think, cause I think there was like, I don't know, there was like this really great desperation in his voice. Like, I think that he was really getting into the moment. And yeah, that, true. When when he was begging Kurt, like yeah. that's when, like, it really felt like the last, like the Kurt, like, please, God damn it, you better give me this shit. Like, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> and it did feel like a son talking to a father 
Mm, yeah, like there there was that perfect level of like whininess almost. Yeah. You know? Like the little bit of entitlement. It was really good. Um But yeah, I don't yeah, I, I feel like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are the only ones that are actually going to interfere in the match. Okay. So we that's, agree that's on my that feeling thing. on it. Because actually, before Triple H was inserted, I kept thinking that like maybe Jason Jordan would interfere on the Raw side, maybe. <coughs> oh, after he was just taken out. Yeah, like if he was just taken out or something. Mm. Like you're that, or if he was just denied a spot or something. Like then he might come and try to like come in and save the team, but then fuck it up. Gotcha. So like, maybe even the interference wasn't like that. He's trying to screw them up, but like he comes in and tries to help, but fucks it up. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely seeing Owens and Zane. All right. Yeah, because that, that's part of the other reason, too, that I've been so confident that I think Raw was going to win is because SmackDown, there's such an easy built-in story for, like, who interferes and why. Mm-hmm. That it's like, oh, perfect. So then SmackDown loses the match because of that shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I feel confident. And we've got we've got three matches that we're differing on. So we've got it. The Super Smart Championship comes down to the women's title match at NXT. You've got Ember Moon, and I've got Nikki Cross. Mm-hmm. It comes down to the Shield versus the New Day. You've got the Shield. I've got the New Day. It comes down to the um, women's Survivor Series match. You've got SmackDown, and I've got Raw. Well, I mean, I'm gonna win, so. Ah. <laughs> You know, you, you said that last time, Joe. I was joking last time. Oh, all right. Well, let me know when you get serious. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I win. That's what I'll be that's, that's that's the time it'll be serious. Retroactively, it's like that that was the time. Yeah. Then then, right there. <laughs> yep. That that moment. That <laughs> there. I'm just joking until I win. <laughs> oh man. There's yeah, Survivor Series is on lock. War Games is on lock. Uh yeah, so I guess that's gonna do us for us this week. Um, check us out on social media as we discuss the pay per views. I know I will be watching War Games live. Uh, don't know what my schedule is gonna be like for Survivor Series. Um, I think so... I, I think I should be watching Survivor Series live. I. Let's see, I may or may not throw out some tweets during the show or something. Yeah, I'll I'll keep up on the Facebook. So, yeah, uh, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers. Shoot us an email with uh, fan questions at supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And listen to our podcast next week when we run down War Games and Survivor Series and when I take the titles. Uh, And so you can rate, (laughs) review, and subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Rest assured, folks, just as uh, we stay on the same platforms every week, we come out every week, I will be back next week still your champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>